I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up or are best left in the past. Merry Christmas! And I'm Greg. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it is Christmas week. Yeah. Almost. Yes, Woo! it is. Are you We've made it. Festive? I'm feeling festive. I'm trying to be. I'm feeling quite hungover. Yeah, it's... <laughs> look, work doesn't slow down and yet you add in... Festivities, yeah, and in your late thirties mm. or mid thirties, mm. it gets hard. It does. The balancing act is hard. If I'm going to have a big night out, I just need a couple of weeks off, <laughs> 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 which I do now have. Actually, yeah, a couple big of night? weeks off. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, are we having a big night? Oh, we having a big night tonight? Yeah. No, I don't have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> you had a big night. I had a big night. Yeah. Tis the season, as they say. Yep. So this is the final of our uh, festive season trilogy. It is. So what have we covered? We covered Die Hard. yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah. We covered the Santa Claus. <laughs> and this week we're covering Home Alone. Insert music. was filmed, well, released in 1990. First year of the 90s, as it turns out. Yep, adds up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like an 80s movie. You know how, I know it's 1990. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. point is that, you know how there's usually a bit of a hangover of the last decade for at least a year into the next decade? And especially because it's part of the John Hughes-averse Correct. sort of thing. Like it doesn't have that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. It's no big hair or, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Take us back to 1990, Greg. The first rap, air quotes, single to reach number one in the US happened. Happened? Was it Will Smith? Uh, it was Ice Ice Baby. Ah, oh, fuck, of course it was. By Robert Van Winkle. Yeah, ghost written by someone that, one of Suge Knight's boys. Was it? Didn't know that. Yeah, then um, there was some kind of financial issue and Suge Knight hung Vanilla Ice oh. out over the balcony. Yeah, I remember to shake coins that. out of him. I assume. Yeah, I assume. <laughs> and that's legit. Like, yeah, Van Winkle's talks about that. He doesn't yeah. deny it. Yeah, Suge took me out on the balcony, started talking to me personally. He had me look over the edge, show me how high I was up there. I needed to wear a diaper on that day. Suge <laughs> Knight is a large man. Yeah, he is. He's pretty scary. Suge Knight. He... It's a cool name. Suge Knight. Is he? Actually, in that Eminem diss song, you know how Eminem's got beef with Nick Cannon right now, and it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. I haven't really given that any time. Yeah, don't give it time. But I just noticed on one of the Nick Cannon's Why is Nick Cannon? diss track to Eminem, it said it's featuring Suge Knight, and I'm like, is that just like another rapper's name now, or is like because Suge Knight didn't rap, did he? I mean, at some point he probably probably did. It's but he was, a, but he's a yeah, he's a producer, wasn't he? It was just like the the businessman. Business. 
Um, yeah, so that happened. I've got something else um, mm-hmm. relevant. A little website called Those Eyes or Actresses with Beautiful Eyes, different sort, varying sources, was launched on Usenet. Do you know Usenet? I don't know anything you're talking about okay. right now. Yeah. So Usenet, I mean, I know the internet. Yeah. Usenet, I believe, was an early form of the internet. Oh, so it was okay. a series of connected computers somehow. Yeah, like a um, LAN party. I think it was a big old LAN party. <laughs> so there was a little website called Those Eyes, and it was basically this guy whose name is Colm someone. Cole, Cole, Cole Needham started some – it's basically like a creepy pervon. But it's their eyes. Yeah. So what a what a sweet innocent time you have nice eyes. It's before can they realize. Can I touch them? It's before they were still testing the waters of what, what was, you could put on the internet. Yeah, yeah. like we'll start, with, start eyes. with eyes, and then what was that nineteen ninety? By nineteen ninety one, there was more boobs than any other content on the internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so he I start, mean, the boobs are the eyes of the torso. Huh. In well, a way. Big time. I think that's from something. <laughs> are they? Or the eyes of the are nipples the, of the face, or something? I can't remember. Did, the titties are the nipples of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The eyes uh, are the boobs of the face. Yeah. Do you know do you know where I'm going with this? No. Well, y- yeah, you're right. After someone realized that oh. this was a thing, some other people started adding other lists of things. <laughs> other body parts. Oh well, um, you know, just names of A list actors, names of directors, lists. I it became am- an internet movie database. Ah. Wait, it started as nice eyes. Correct. Whoa. Whoa. Well, those eyes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. So IMDb, which is now owned by Amazon and is pretty huge. Started with? Started with some dude just putting together a list of chicks with nice eyes. We know what they say. The eyes are the boobs of the face. You're welcome. Knowledge for your soul. That is good. They also say that. It was a big year for movies also. Um, we've covered a lot of the top ten from this year, but also some out of the top ten. Oh, yeah. This was the same year as Goodfellas, which is relevant for obvious reasons. Little Joe Pesci. Little Joe Pesci. <laughs> Little Joey Shaw can sing. It's something I think's worthwhile. Um, <laughs> remember that? That's, a, that's his album. Yeah. Oh, um, I always get him confused with like Roberta Flack. Or- <laughs> no, with um. Nina Simone. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Who's Roberta Flack? Uh, Roberta Flack is... Uh, Killing Me Softly or something? Maybe. This is just showing how ignorant we are. Let's move on to the topic yeah, that yeah. we are experts in. Which is... Which is <laughs> um, to be <media>. defined. <laughs> <laughs> Advertising. But for the purpose of today, it's a little movie called Home Alone. So that came in number two in 1990. Oh, big deal. Big deal. Number, number one, one domestically in there, but number one globally was a little film called Ghost, otherwise known as oh. the movie that made Greg cry. Did you know that movie made me cry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for right out of the boobs of your face. Can we do Ghost, please? I feel like I've asked Yeah, I'm pretty lot. keen. It's on I'm Netflix. pretty keen. I it's on like Netflix. Is we've, it? We've got a place. We don't have an episode scheduled for after this. Let's, should we do it next week? Okay. Yeah. It's on there. Oh. And I think it's pretty wacko now that I think about it. I mean, you go, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> but this is the same year as um, uh, Back to the Future 3, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Teenage Mutant Ninja Toitles. But this thing was huge. It was uh, number one domestically, but globally it was number two after Ghost. But it was number one at the box office for 12 weeks. 
um, from November 1990 all the way through to like February or something. Not bad for a Christmas movie. Not bad. A budget of $18 million, gross of $476.7 million, which I didn't do the calculations, but I think must be the highest ROI of any movie we've done. Uh, yes. And it was the highest grossing comedy ever for about 25 years, I think until The Hangover Part 2 or something. So this is yo. What a way to go. Yeah, right. But that's huge. Did, um, did people want to get into the Macaulay Culkin business? I want to be in the Macaulay Culkin business. I want to be in the Macaulay Culkin, well... The 1990 Macaulay Culkin business. Oh, he's still killing it. He's living a life of luxury in Paris. Is he living in Paris? Yeah. Is he living in Paris? He dated me like, well, okay. yeah, he dated me for a long time. Uh, in terms of Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critic score 65%, audience score of 80%. That was surprisingly low for critics. I mean, I know it's not, we're not talking about, you know, Schindler's Titanic over here, but I would have thought it would be just a oh, good family fair 80% kind of thing. Fucking mm. Grinches. That's, I would have thought. Yeah, I would have thought 80. 80. Yeah. 80, 80 flat or 80, you know. Give or take. Give or take. 81. Um, 1990, big year. Soft porn website became IMDb. What was Greg doing? What was the person, your, your context around this movie when it came out? Uh, I remember thinking how cool Macaulay Culkin was. Yeah, he was a hero. He was a like instant Sometimes hero. he'd be in like a Michael Jackson video clip wearing sunglasses. Eat what? This. Eat this. Oh, yeah. Who was the dad Come in that? Come on. I think it was the guy from Cheers. I believe but so. But it might be the guy that looks like the guy from Cheers. Um, and the other thing I remembered on rewatching was, it, for me, it was the birthplace of the margarita pizza. Did anyone order me a plain cheese? Did you eat plain cheese pizzas after this movie? No, I remember thinking that was dumb. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I, yeah, I remember thinking that was peculiar, not knowing what a margarita pizza was, obviously. But I just th- remember thinking, why would you just get cheese? I got into it. Really? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. But you probably got a nice classy margarita thing. No, I just got che- like cheese pizza from yeah. Pizza Hut. Interesting. Buffet. But you noticed cheese pizzas were popular because whenever you went to – the all you can eat there pizza hut be, buffet. Yeah, the pizza, the cheese pizza was always gone. Mine was probably more a value for money thing in my head. It's like if I'm buying a pizza, I want I'm not going to get less stuff on it for the same price. So, I mean, that's fair. Sometimes simple simplicity. Okay. They say the best way to tell a good pizza place is to order the margarita. That's what they it's say. Down to the quality ingredients. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what that's what Macaulay. That's what Kevin McAllister would say. He would say that, wouldn't he? This was a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. It was all the ultimate fantasy, wasn't it? Even just eating all that ice cream. They had me at the ice cream. Yep. Man, and I think we said this before when we did Goodfellas, but like this was my first Joe Pesci experience. Yeah, it would have been, for and, sure. And I think, like I said, in Goodfellas, for the, uh, until my teen years, so I would have been six when this came out, until my teen years, like Joe Pesci was the, the Home Alone guy. And I, I thought it was weird that he had done some gangster movies. Yeah. What I, in what I had thought was after yeah, Home Alone, like, yeah. oh, they got it. They got that slapstick guy <laughs> <laughs> far out. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. And the more I learn about this guy, as we have over, you know, do, doing this podcast, it's just bizarre that he's even taken this role. There's still no reason as to why he did this. It's so weird and interesting. He's such an interesting guy, especially at the, at the time. Yeah, he, Goodfellas came out the same year. He'd already done Raging Bull. It's it's odd. I'm sure it's we'll, so odd. We'll probably talk a little bit more about him 
that little little Joey Shaw can sing. Uh, and of course, keep the change, you filthy animal. Oh yeah, it was a huge deal for me. Just became like a catchphrase. Uh-huh. I think I thought that was a real movie too. By the way, I did until this week. Oh really? <laughs> Why wouldn't I? It's black and white. That was my big reveal for the whole <laughs> episode. <laughs> And you've known that for years and you haven't told me? You've just been sitting on that? Well, I've got a... You sleep. <laughs> I thought it was known. You know, there's a little... Maybe it is. There's a few of those things in this movie that I didn't notice. Well, I'll save that for rewatch. <laughs> well, they're little things. But really? um, should I get into the origin story? I would like you to get into the origin story, please. Origin story. Um, unbeknownst to myself until quite recently, and by quite recently, I mean the last few days, uh, John Hughes wrote this. I wouldn't, have, mm. I wouldn't have placed this in the John Hughes world, but then I realized. Then I, then mm. I learned also John Hughes wrote like the Vacation movies. He's done a lot more than I realized. I thought it was, I just thought he had that niche of that weird aesthetic of Ferris Bueller and Sixteen Candles and yeah. all that. Yeah. I thought it was like a very narrow thing, but there's a lot more going on than I realized. But I think these are more his secondary, like there's other ones he wrote and directed, and like it was his project. Passion. Yeah. Whereas this is he wrote this, he didn't direct it. So I believe it is set in Chicago, as are all John Hughes movies. And I guess you could say that Chicago is almost the main uh, one of the main characters. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, it's really not. But also, uh, I didn't realize he died. Yeah. John Hughes is dead. Did we not talk about that in the We probably may have. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we touched on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, RIP. RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, this this inspiration for this picture struck when he was on a family holiday himself and he thought, gosh darn it, what if I left the kids behind? Gosh darn it, I wish I left the fucking yeah. kids behind. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. That's yeah. That's the, the genuine version. I know that. <laughs> um, and then you go sell a movie, right? <laughs> that's the origin story. No, <laughs> after the holiday, he comes home, spends nine days writing a draft. Where, he's like, "Gosh, Can gosh, darn it, I've done it." Sorry, hmm? where was he on holiday? I don't know, Paris. But he did not direct this movie. So he wrote it in nine hours. Did you say? Nine days he wrote the first draft. Fuck. Yeah. That feels quick. That feels quite quick. Like if I have to write a presentation at work in nine days, I'm like, that's unreasonable. Yeah. Writing a movie seems a bit harder. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? As I mentioned, he also wrote the vacation films. So Christmas Vacation, for instance, which wow. he had sent on to his good mate, Chris Columbus, who we know Chris Columbus. He wrote Gremlins. He wrote Goonies, uh, but he wasn't a big deal yet. He had just released a movie that didn't do so well. What was that? You know, called Heartbreak Hotel. I know nothing about it, but he was on board to do Christmas Vacation. He'd even done some of the what do they call them, like secondary shots or whatever, what, like establishing shots or whatever. When there's no no one in it, but whatever B roll. I don't know what do you call it. That stuff. He was doing that stuff. Whoa, the movie. Whoa, whoa. But he had to bail because Chevy Chase was a fucking asshole. That's actually the reason. He left. He was like, I can't direct this movie. Chevy Chase is the fucking waste. Oh. Yeah. Um, he said, he, had, he said, there's no way I can do this movie. I know I need work, but I can't do it with this guy. 
Wow. And so he's like, yeah, man, I'm out. Sorry. And John Hughes is like, well, how would you like to be in the Macaulay Culkin business? Yeah. Uh, because he did write it with Macaulay Culkin in mind because Macaulay Culkin had been in another John Hughes movie, Uncle, Uncle Buck, Buck, which I always thought came out after this, probably just because I don't think it was huge in Australia maybe. I don't know. It wasn't huge for me. I was too young. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Chris Columbus is on board. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. This sounds fucking great. He actually sent him two scripts. I can't, re- I can't remember what the other one was, but he chose this one. Did he swear as much as you? No. Well, maybe more. You reckon? Maybe less. I'm going to go with... Either. Yeah, hedge your bets. Um, the other weird one on this was, so it was originally with Warner Brothers and then they just kind of lost faith in the project. I think initially John Hughes was like, you can make this picture for under $10 million. And they're like, okay. And then they wanted to spend over $10 million and they said, nah. So they went to Fox. Fox is, Fox is on board. They said, I want to be in the Macaulay Culkin business. So it all, it all happens. Yeah. But the casting process, like I said, Macaulay Culkin was always in mind. Um, he was uh, John Hughes was a big fan from Uncle Buck. He wanted him. Chris Columbus was like, "Yeah, I know he's good, but I got to be sure. I'm I'm a director here. I got to do due diligence." And he spoke to 200 kids, and there were no nowhere near the level of uh, good old Macaulay. Is that diligence or is that time wasting? I would call it time wasting. I wanted to find this perfect kid to be in Home Alone, and I didn't want to resort to using Macaulay, who was an Uncle Buck. I thought, I want to find someone on my own. After meeting 400 other kids, I realized that there was no one as special or as unique or as talented as Macaulay. The camera loved him. He just was infinitely relatable to people all over the world. Little did I realize until I started shooting the film that not only did he have it for that film, but he truly was a certified movie star. So he did the movie. But, of course, it's not just the Macaulay show, although he is, you know, one of the only people on screen for vast amounts of time. But we also have supporting characters such as Harry and Marv. So Marv obviously went to Daniel Stern, but initially they couldn't afford him. <laughs> they couldn't afford old Sterny? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they all went to the Pesci budget. I don't know. I mean, but was he a big deal? I think it was something like it was going to be six weeks of shooting and then it turned out to be eight weeks and he's like, well, I want more money for that. And they're like, nah, you can't have it. Then he left. Then they got someone else in and they were doing rehearsals with Pesci and they are like, this guy stinks. Who Get him the it? fuck out of here. Yeah, funny how. Uh, <laughs> what was his name? I wrote it on my notes. Daniel Roebuck. Daniel Roebuck. Yeah, I looked him up and there was not, not much worth oh, um, okay. calling out. I mean, he's been around, but um, he, he's no Daniel Stern. <laughs> he is no Daniel Stern. Yeah. They are a very good duo. They are a good duo. And interestingly, for Harry, Joe Pesci's character, there were some pretty solid precasties. So Bobby? Bobby. Yeah, Bob, friend of the show, Bob. Yeah, Robert we, De Niro. We yeah. call him Bob. We call him Bob. Because that's what his friends call him. Yeah. And we want to be in the De Niro Bob. Business. Kind of. But also John Lovitz. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. Um, Please let me in. I was watching the Simpsons episode the other day of where she does Streetcar Named Desire and he's the acting teacher. Yep. So good. It's a very good episode. It's so good. I've been practicing my Marge all week off the back of that. I do my Marge doing her vocal warm ups. La 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 <laughs> yeah. la la. La la la. <laughs> <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> You sound like a drunk, drunk, <laughs> drunk Marge. I'm drinking. 
I am mm. hungover. I'm, so, I mean, I'm in a limbo state right now. I am fluid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about um, Home Alone. So De Niro and John Lovett said no. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, Joe Pesci's in. And I got a clip here. I mean, it <laughs> doesn't really answer why he did it. It just explains why they wanted him. But I think we all know why they wanted him. It's Joe Cause fucking Pesci. Because he's one of the greats. Yeah. Joe Pesci was someone I was a gigantic fan of from Raging Bull and Goodfellas, and I thought, God, it would be great if Joe Pesci would agree to do something like this. He warmed to the script. We got along when we first met, and he decided to do the film, which was shocking to me. I didn't expect him to do it. I think his hardest thing was not to cuss on camera. Mm, apparently that. Just trying to slot in other words. It's getting harsh vowel sounds. Um, other precasty, final precasty. Kelsey Grammer as Uncle Frank. Look what you did, you little jerk. That guy. The cheapskate. Oh, is he the dad from Ray Romano? No. No, but he was in the Santa Claus last week, though. Yeah, yeah, he's great. All right, that all happened. They then got a camera, shot the movie, edited the movie, released the movie. Should we watch slash listen to the trailer? When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation... Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself... I've had a terrible feeling. Christmas. Did you lock up? Let yeah. yourself be light. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and his elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Mark. This is it. Ow! I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. Shoes off. I'm dressed like a chicken. Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey guys. Yesterday he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more. From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is gonna be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Directed by Chris Columbus, coming November 16th. <laughs> what a delightful romp. All right. Well, that's a that's a pretty good old school trailer. It's got the voiceover. It gives a bit of a rundown. As a kid, he's at home, he's alone. <laughs> but for those who haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. What's, what's the movie about, Greg? Look, this film is about a horrible family. Yeah, real 
pieces of shit. It's about a kid who is bullied. Horrible people. Tormented. Yeah. Uh, belittled. Yeah. Who calls their nephew a little joke? Yeah, the whole opening scene, I'm like... You're such a disease. It's so mean. I really feel for this kid. Everyone's fucking mean to this yeah. guy. No one seems to even like him. It's straight up bullying. Uh, yeah. And even the mum's just like, fuck off. Yeah, like she's hustling to get back. Okay? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, she yeah. shouldn't have left him she, there. There's some redemption there for her and you warm to her, but actually genuinely every other what, character I what still about think the is. dad? Like, yeah. He's like, okay, sure, honey. You want to yeah. go and get a flight? I'll stay with I'll I, stay with. I those. was more conscious, conscious of that this time. Yeah, the dad. He was just like, hey, he'll be fine. He'll be cool. <laughs> We've got heaps of kids. <laughs> In case you haven't looked around, we have heaps of kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, if you want to want to keep any of these kids, you'd want to keep Kevin, wouldn't you? He's adorable. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got spunk. He does. He's he's got gumption. So it, look, it's just about a boy left alone, home alone, and and hurting lots of people. Yeah, so hurting yeah. indestructible intruders. Yeah, they're they're quite resilient. <laughs> yeah, and then that's. Well, it's about and a little bit of about love. Oh yeah, family love. Yeah, you just say it's a love story. I guess you'd say it's a love story. Yeah. Okay. Um, filial love. <laughs> That's filial. Familial. Man. Yeah. How was the rewatch for you? I mean, it's a beautiful film. Uh, yeah. Look, I I think we had the same the same view in that it probably wasn't like I haven't watched it since nineteen ninety. Seen it a few times over the years. Yeah. Pretty partial. Yeah. Uh, but it was enjoyable. I enjoyed the movie. As did I. As did I. I could go a cheese pizza from from Domino's. A, 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 like a fat doughy one? No, like a regular classic pan. Yeah, what, yeah the one not like thin and crispy. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a doughy thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a um, very similar thing, of course. Did you watch it with Ara or just? Uh, yeah. We did. We watched it as a family with little Seymour as well. I got a dog, guys. Yeah. I should load that up on the gram. Man. That'll get us some fucking traction. Hashtag mini schnauzer. Mini schnauzer. Hashtag Seymour. Hashtag suddenly Seymour. Hashtag senior Seymour. <laughs> He's very cute. Yeah. Um, but I had a very similar experience. A couple of things stood out to me more than I than they had in the past. A, the music. Mm. Fucking good, John Williams. Classic John Williams. We salute you. I didn't know it was John Williams at yeah. the time, and then you realize, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's his jam. Yep, yep, that sounds on brand. Um, and I think maybe I thought that a lot of the score was actually just like Christmas Carol music, but it's not. It's original music, and it's fucking epic, man. It, it gets gets you like so much energy. Like it's oh, a big part of it. You might even say it's one of the main characters of the, of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting tired of that. Can I, can I just say I'm yeah. not? That's got a lot of mileage left. Um, John Candy stood out to me more this time. I had a few hits a few years ago. Uh, that's why, I, you know, just polka, 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 polka. No? It's Twin Lakes polka, Damavuji polka, a.k.a. Kiss Me polka, polka twist. Well, these are songs. Yeah. Yeah, we... some. Fairly big hits for us, you know, in the early 70s, you know. <laughs> yeah, we sold about 623 copies of that. In Chicago? No, Sheboygan. 
Um, yeah. Just like a, I think I found that those parts kind of boring as a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is a delightful little side mission. Yeah, I actually listened to the yeah, conversation between. Like, <laughs> what's his advice to her? Oh, he said, uh, he said something about like he. Uh, so all of his stuff's improv too. Yeah. And he got yeah. paid like 400 bucks or something and it shot him one day. But he improv that whole thing about, she's like, have you ever left your kid alone at home or home alone? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, well, we left him at a funeral home once. <laughs> oh, <he laughs> that's right. That's story. what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 yeah he was nice. Um, and the Mr. Marley storyline, the salt scary guy outside. Oh, yeah. Hit me a little bit more in the feels this Did time. It? Yeah. Like when it started that sweet bit at the end mm. and I remembered it was coming, I was a bit like, oh. He saves him good too. Yeah, you know, he they get hit in the head with cans of paint. They get blowtorches on their face. All it takes is a or little, a, yeah, <laughs> little shovel on the back of the head. Tap on the back of the head by, <laughs> by an 80-year-old yeah. as opposed to an iron Ah, uh, my one weak point. <laughs> my, Shovels. My Achilles shovel. My Achilles shovel. <laughs> uh, oh, that's not a bad segue. So To shovels? To shovels. So I wanted to spend a bit of time on shovels. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the shovels evolved over there. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, I thought it would be interesting to have a think Which about. Which is French for to dig. To dig, yes. Cha to Vel dig. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, if you had to choose, I was thinking, if you had to choose one of these traps to actually be struck by, what's the language here? I'm not clear. If you had to suffer through one of these traps, which one would you choose? Oh, uh, oh, fuck. I found it so painful. Yeah. Viscerally. The funniest, the one that gets to me most is just standing on the nail. I don't know why. Because it's definitely not the worst one, but it just, there's something about that that just like gives me the willies. <laughs> Question back for you without yeah. answering yours. Um, <laughs> what do you think is a worse foot damage in a Christmas movie? Ooh. Die Hard or Interesting. So Marv... It's sort of the McLean of this picture <laughs> in a way. His yeah. shoes are off pretty early. Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? I would say McLean gets it worst only because he seemed, he appears to be mortal, whereas Marv and Harry seem to be immortal. Mm. They can't die. Well, I, I found uh, a thing online where a doctor actually analysed what injuries they would sustain from each of these. On, on Usenet? On, yeah. Uh, it's quite interesting. So it, it breaks almost all of them down. The BB gun, they're like, yeah, that's fairly accurate. Like, would hurt, but yeah, it's fine. The eye into the face. That would fracture the bones surrounding the eyes, um, what they call a blowout fracture, and can be permanently horrifically disfiguring if not fixed. Pretty quickly. Yeah, it'd crush your skull in. <laughs> yeah, essentially. The hot doorknob. <laughs> so they say if it's glowing red, it's got to be at least 751 degrees Fahrenheit or 400 degrees Celsius. So that's almost hot enough for the hand to just straight up burst into flames. <laughs> yeah, right. So like 100, for context, 150, 155 degrees in water is a th- would give you a third degree burn. So 751 degrees, you're going to lose your hand. Your hand is gone. You don't get a nice little designer scar on your palm for the sequel. Oh, oh see, so <laughs> just... Oh, go on. Blowtorch to the head. 
the, the doctor on this one calls out, interestingly, rather than removing himself from the situation, he remained under the blowtorch for seven full seconds. <laughs> but, <laughs> Was it seven seconds? Yeah. So what happens is, for se- because if he did just pull away, it just would have been like a skin Singe. burn. Yeah, and it would have been fine. But it's, he called it a full thickness burn, and that would have gone all the way through the skull bone, and he would have required like skull bone transplant. Oh, man, I'm I'm struggling here. Yeah. Keep going. Um, stepping on the ornaments. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to everything else, that's not a huge deal. Um, yeah. Paint can to the face. Heads up! It's enough to fracture multiple facial bones and knock you out cold. And you would lose teeth, and to the film's credit, he did lose his... A gold toot. Yeah, yeah. With my gold toot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ultimately shovel to the back of the head. The Achilles shovel, as you put it uh-huh. so eloquently before. <clears throat> so those are the big ones. It didn't talk about the nail and stuff. I think that stuff's pretty self-explanatory. So I think you chose wisely in that you didn't choose any of them. <laughs> yeah, I did try and avoid that. And I probably would have gone with the um, ornaments if I had thought it through. Um, but friend of the show, co-worker of mine, Octavio Martinez, um, made he a very good point. Uh, he might charge royalties. He might. He's also the guy that says, origin story. Octavio story. He made a good point in that he loves this movie. but That is a good point. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's all you got. <laughs> Thanks uh, for Greg. listening. It's Greg with the zingers, <laughs> slinging zingers. Uh, he's like, it, but it's so white. And it's so – it's just such first-world problems, like this massive house. They're going on a family vacation to, to Paris. Paris and And mid-first-class trip, they realize they left one of their kids at home in a massive mansion. Oh. Like it's just like, ugh. And they're not even nice to each other. Like that's quite a white thing too relative to – so he's Colombian and, you know, family's like, you know, so like the, how rude they are to each other, that's just not cool. But yeah. They, but what's really interesting about that is it's disgusting. <laughs> no, is that the movie did have such universal appeal in a way? Ah, yeah, so that's kind, right. Of, kind of transcends. I don't know if that's just because of Macaulay. Is I think like, Macaulay is great. I think, I think so. he's genuinely great. I think he's fan. Man, he's X factoring his face off. Yeah, like he's fucking great, man. Remember what we were saying the other week? He I, gave such shrewd advice to his old elderly neighbor. He reunited a family yeah. with a single conversation. And he says it with – I don't like in movies when the kid tries to act like an adult and you can tell he doesn't actually even know what he's saying. But he does it genuinely. Yeah, I he think, does it genuinely. I think he's a smart guy. Like the kids – most kids in movies piss me off. Like when we are doing the Santa Claus, I didn't like that kid of that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't like his dumb haircut. And I, <laughs> <laughs> no one's got back to us on the haircut, by the way. Oh, they have. They have. They tagged us. Did People they? have been posting photos of themselves. Oh, what? Oh, someone sent us one and someone someone posted one of them with the hair. Uh, um, I'll show you after. Send me. It's pretty great. Who was that? I think that was Retro Robin, friend of the show. Oh, shout out to Retro Robin. Um, anyway, that really is the kind of thing I don't like about kids. <laughs> no, kids in movies where it's just, I guess it's not their fault, but they can't really act. But this kid can act. Hmm. Yeah, not bad for a nine-year-old. Yeah, exactly. All right, 1990, uh, this movie came out. 1991, My Girl. Then there's like Home Alone Part 2, The Good Son, Richie Rich. I would say we're in Macaulay fever 
we all want to be in the Macaulay Culkin business at this point. Yeah. This is huge. And I found a nice old interview uh, with him on some English show that I'm not familiar with. So um, you can tell us what this might be, the 12%. We have 12% English uh, apparently. Ah, I'm so, yeah. excited by that. 12% let us know. But um, this is, uh, again, showing off his charm here just off the back of Home Alone and about to do My Girl, I Believe. You look great. Thank you. Thank you. You're a hot property oh, at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read in the papers, $1 million for your next movie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking it well, isn't he? You're taking it well. Now, you'd accept that move. What would you do with all that money? $1 million. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Buy myself a license. And then... A license to what? To drive. Oh, to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And say I'm a midget now, I'm 21. Yeah. And um, I buy myself a Porsche, you know. But it's a, lot of, it's a lot of money. I mean, do you get to see any of the money that you've been making? No, actually, my, all I have to do is sign the check and... and Don't tell me your mother takes it. No, my mom takes it to the bank. Oh, does she? That's what, that's what she tells you. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Now, look, obviously you're not a person that, that fame has changed. No. You're a, you're a simple, God-fearing young man, aren't you? Yes. That's you. Now, tell me about the movie. In Home Alone, which has been an enormous success in the States, hasn't it? The biggest movie yeah. in the States. Did that surprise you? Um... Well, kind of, you know, I didn't think it would do that good, but I really, um, it's a good film. It's really funny. Did you do all your own stunts? I mean, because there's a lot of acrobatics in there. Yeah, um, well, um, my stunt man, my stunt midget, did. <laughs> He's quite a sweet kid. Isn't he a sweet kid? He did legitimately have a stunt man that was like an, a 30-year-old Little man. Little man. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there was a couple of cringe moments in there in hindsight, wasn't there? Big time. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't see the money. Oh. I think his dad was more of the jerk. Like his dad was legitimately abusive. Like he's talked about it more recently. He said, going around the country, locked in a room with a man who didn't like me. Oh. He was a bad man. He was abusive physically and mentally. So Macaulay Culkin hosted SNL when he was 11 and said his father refused to let him use cue cards through the entire episode and said, do good or, or I'll hit ya. So it's just straight up. I thought it was just the money thing, but I didn't. he's like hitting him actually well. just fucked up. That's and so, heartbreaking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then I think a few years later his parents divorced. I think it was around Richie Rich era. So things started to get better. But then by the time he was 16, he actually emancipated yeah, himself from his yeah. parents. So he got control back over his money. Got the fuck out. Pretty much, pretty much just got the fuck out of show business. Moved to Paris. He's like, fuck, they do recognize me here. They just don't care. So he's, has he been in Paris, do you know, that long? Or Yeah, I think he just goes between Paris and New York. That's pretty cool. I'd yeah. love to go between Paris. I'd, I'd be <laughs> yeah. open to that. Yeah, me too. But I'd, I'd be I like my parents. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's kind of – It's very yeah, sad. Poor guy. But, man, he. I keep waiting for a comeback – but then I realized that's just an ignorant thing to say because he's having a great time. He's got a podcast. He oh, he plays it. A- <laughs> stop it. Job done. And he has actual listeners. Um, <laughs> but he. What does he podcast about? Um, I think it's just. 
banter. Current events? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, something on the show, he got fans to vote on what his middle name should be. Yeah. And his middle name is now Macaulay Culkin. So his name is Macaulay, Macaulay, Culkin, Culkin. (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? So he's just having a great time. He dated Mila Kunis. For a long time, right? Yeah. How long? I don't know. Were they married maybe? I don't know. Maybe. And um, he's dating. with Ashton Kutcher now? Mm. And he's dating Brenda Song now. Who's she? She was in the, the social network. I think in the US she's like a Disney child. She was a, one of those like Miley Cyrus type. She's a child? Well, you know how like they have those child stars on Disney? Brenda Song. Mm. Brenda. Brenda. Hey, but did I tell you about Macaulay Culkin's band? Go on. He's in a band called Pizza Underground. Oh, yeah? They do covers of Velvet Underground songs but adapt the lyrics to be about pizza. That feels. This is the kind of fun this guy has. He's riding his bicycle down the Champs-Élysées with a baguette. <laughs> oh, would you like a moustache? You know, he's having a great time. Hey, he was also friends with Michael Jackson. He was very good friends with Michael Jackson. He's yeah. been a long uh, defender. He has. And did he undefend recently? No, he's no, standing he's by standing, that, which yeah, is okay. – I don't want to get – into this whole Michael Jackson thing. But I do – that is like my last shred of hope that it's not true is that if Macaulay Culkin says he didn't do that kind of thing, then you surely that says something. It's a bit icky to talk about that. Yeah, but we can – Yeah, but you know, you get where we're coming from. But what he says about MJ is we were friends. We were actually best friends for a stretch of time while I was growing up. Um, it was a legitimate friendship. He enjoyed my youthfulness. He liked being a kid with me. He liked being around kids and it never struck me as odd. So there you have it. They were they were mates. One was older and was the king of pop. One was younger and was the king of mischief. Oh, um, especially in The Good Son. Yeah. Oh, very mischievous. Killing dogs with bolt guns and such. Oh, I really want to watch that. Really want to watch that. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Are you still, <laughs> uh, are you still in Tim Allen land there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm excited about... Some movies we've got on the horizon. Ghost. Get your Kleenex ready. Um, other cast members, speaking of crushes, <laughs> were we speaking of crushes? Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> I was watching this movie, <laughs> not knowing her name, just thinking. But just, she's in heaps. She's in all Christopher Guest movies. She's a baller. Yeah, she, is she? Yeah, yeah. What's she's the, she's a Second City alum as well. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, she's pretty, so she's an improv. She's pretty epic. She like does all those Christopher Guest movies where all the dialogue's improv. She, I feel freak. like she'd be a great friend. Yeah, she seems like she'd be a fun friend. Oh, and in Beetlejuice fun. as well. Yeah. And I, maybe, re- I think of her as Beetlejuice and Home Alone Lady. Yeah. I think when I say I had a, I don't think I had a crush on her, but more just I just found her very compelling. I just really liked her a lot. Um, she, um, <laughs> You know, best in show and all those things. Yeah, she's Fantastic. so good. I just find her very, like, captivating. And interestingly too, the dad as well. I just always thought he was so cool. You know the way he talks like he doesn't really care about anything? He is a cool guy. He's so cool, so cool. And then I remember because I thought he's so cool when I was a kid watching this and then was really bummed out when he played such a loser on The Sopranos. Oh, I forget it. He about was like that. a cop that was in a oh, he's, like dirty cop and then he jumped off a bridge or something and I was like, you loser. He used to be so cool. I think I had the same experience but I can't. I thought it was so cool, so laid back. Some good quality Pleated chinos. Yeah. I'm pretty rich. I'm white. Well, speaking of rich, that house sold in 2012 for $1.5 million. Now, I understand Sydney market is different to 
other places, but $1.5 million in Australia does not get you that. That can get you a, a, a I don't want to say sizable because that's misleading, but a, maybe a three-bedroom apartment or a very small terrace like we're sitting in right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a mansion. Is this is, isn't a very small terrace. It's it's on the smaller side of – it is relative to – It's smaller than the place in this film. Substantially. Yeah. This would be a wing. This would be the pl- the room he eats ice cream in. Yeah. Like where he's watching Keep the Change of Filthy Animal and eating ice cream, that's oh, half my house. And it's got that – I want a house with a basement. I think that's one of my life Fuck, goals. man. Yes, a den. I, want, yeah, I keep I want pretending some, this is a I den. I want to be underground sometimes. But then I think um, I might end up literally. being <laughs> – Yeah. Cool. Um, John Candy, um, he is great in that scene. Mm. Although he did try and share his clarinet. Now, have you played any wind instruments? Uh, they have like re- a spit valve that or something. require a reed. Are yeah, you familiar with a reed. Yeah, always blaming the reed. It's always the reed. Yeah, like it, you, you require a lot of. It, they have to be very damp back from your saliva mm. to uh, to work. Yeah. So, offering someone to play your clarinet is pretty gross. Yeah, highly questionable. Would not want to be. In the back of a van. No, no. But it is nice of him, him. nonetheless. It is nice of him. Um, did you know? Let me hear with a few did you knows. Did you know Joe Pesci accidentally bit him on the finger for realsies? Yeah, in that last uh, – was it in the last scene when he's got him up against the wall or something? Yeah. And so we're rehearsing and, and you know, Joe goes, First thing I want to do is bite off every one of his favorites one at a time. I don't think he did it on purpose. It just, he bit me. And he, I think he, you know, he think he just meant to put his teeth on my finger, but he bit down a little harder than he thought. And I still, I have a little Joe Pesci tooth mark scar right here on my finger. And it's still there. But, you know, I'm actually really proud of it. It's my little homo on my battle wound. It's a pretty cool party story to go, yeah, I got a bite scar from Joe Pesci. I was hungry. <laughs> You know yourself when you're hungry. That's right. Yeah. A little uh, plug for the good people at Snickers. I like a Snickers. There you go. This this is a softer, did you know? Daniel Stern, he's always the annoying asshole. Not asshole. Annoying just ugh, ugh, gives me the willies. In this movie, in City Slickers, in Very Bad Things. Remember Very Bad Things? I can't remember him in it. But, but he's just always like stress. He's a ball of stress and it gives me anxiety. But strangely, he's also the voiceover in The Wonder Years. Yeah, that is strange. And his voice is so calm. Like, check out these mellow tones from Marv. Bobby had the locker next to mine. Hey, Bobby. How you doing? Hey. You really killed him, huh? Yeah. Well, they weren't much. (laughs) Tell me about it. Which put me right smack in the eye of the basketball hurricane. Hi, Bobby. Great game. Thank you. (laughs) Pretty good place to be, all things considered. I still can't compute that that's the same person. So he had the locker next to the jock. Yeah, good place to be. That's interesting, isn't it? All right. Did you know the video clip for Gin and Juice? Do you remember? The family's yelling at him and then he gets to the house to himself and Snoop Dogg puts, places his hands upon his cheeks like a young Macaulay Culkin. A super comes up on screen and it says, Homeboys Alone. Oh, in popular culture. In popular culture. Little tidbit, did you know? Yeah. The photo of Buzz's girlfriend. So to not be offensive to some poor girl they put in that photo, that's actually a boy. <laughs> they put a wig on and makeup. <laughs> yeesh. That's nice. Yeesh. I think he said yeesh. 
Um, <laughs> That's nice. Um, this one's less less of a did you know and more of a, a friendly reminder that little Joe Pesci sure can sing. Here he is singing the Beatles in the style of what we would call Nina Simone. Day after day, alone on a grin is keeping perfectly still but nobody wants to know him might cut it off there because it's a Beatles song and we might get sued but but can we no we're not listening it was nice was well it? it is nice um, people should look it up it is the soothing soothing sounds of a young how old is Joe he Pesci. he seems pretty young but in his later career he obviously dabbled in a few different genres and again a little reminder that the man can rap. Hey, hey, hey with the stash. Treat all my bras like trash. You'll catch a blast if you move too fast. I talk to class. You don't have to ask. Getting everything by flash and cash. Fighting and stealing. Don't kill without feeling. So I went in casinos before they start dealing. So I guess Home Alone wasn't the only comedy that Joe Pesci indulged oh, in. Oh, burn. Singer, I'm going to get whacked. That's a that's a rabbit hole worth going down, though. So, it is. So, like, but do yourself a favor over the holiday period. Go familiarize yourself with his vast uh, range of you, music. Yeah, and you might. They're not really Christmas songs, but but they're festive. Um, I think the one thing that probably hasn't aged well, or just wouldn't be the same today, outside of Macaulay technology. Uh, yeah, outside of technology, shit in the house or whatever that could have made just all of this phone. easier. <laughs> yeah, but just the airport experience. Yeah, they're not making that flight. Oh, go and take any seat that's available. That's not going to happen. No, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Airports are stressful enough. That whole sequence gives me such anxiety. You can't buy a ticket off someone who's about to get on the plane. Yeah. It's in their name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in their name. It's just not how it works. Oh, I did have a soft repitch idea. Often we do a repitch to fix a shit movie. This is obviously not a shit movie. So this is a soft repitch, just a gentle suggestion of perhaps another a slightly different take on how you could approach uh-huh. certain elements of this movie. I say keep ninety percent of the of, of it the same, but one little one little twist I wouldn't mind applying is if the movie within the movie, instead of being whatever it was called, uh, Angels with H- Filthy Home Alone, no, the movie within a movie being Angels with Filthy Souls, the fake give the change of filthy animal that thing, rather than it being that, it should have been Goodfellas. And that's why he's so scared of the burglar because it's like it's like a thing. You know Ooh. how like you know like in Wizard of Oz, the witch is actually the woman from down the street, like that kind of. And you could have gone a little bit more bit David Lynch with it. Yeah, you could have got a little bit more surreal with it because apparently um, Columbus wanted to do a bit more like surreal, weird sequences in it, like how the furnace thing scares him. There was going to be a sequence where it like chases him up the stairs or whatever, but they didn't have budget for those kind of special effects. Yeah, it's pretty but straight it could, and it narrow. Could, yeah, but regard. it could have been cool to have that element to it. And I was also mm. thinking you could have almost had it been more through Kevin McAllister's eyes of him. I forgot that he genuinely thinks he made his family disappear. Like he doesn't think he just missed the flight. He thinks he's wished it and it's happened. Yeah, It could have been interesting to have us think that too for a little bit maybe. I don't know how they'd reconcile it all at the end, but it could have been interesting to well, have that and make it feel like it's some weird supernatural cute. thing that's happened. Joe Pesci on the screen, Joe Pesci as a burglar. Yeah. It could be quite cool. And what's ever stopped a writer from being able to tell the end of their story? 
Mm. Write a story without knowing the ending, I mean. Mm. Like Interstellar. Yeah. Like or Lost. Yeah. <laughs> Those or fuckers. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Like there's so you could just write it and just see what happens, man. Yeah. And then sell it. And so also in this scenario, if Goodfellas was the movie within a movie, Ray Liotta could have played Marv. Yeah, that'd be good. And oh, okay, so Great. here's here's a real fucking interesting bit. It's a short and sweet one, but it's fascinating. There's a rumour, well, it's not a rumour, it's on IMDb trivia, but I think those are not very factual. No, unless they're talking about women's eyes. Yeah, that uh, in the original script, uh, the uncle Frank, who's a real asshole, actually was behind the whole thing because, you know, he's such a tight ass and he's jealous of all their money. He knew they're not going to be home. He had set it up. I think that's pretty cool. And actually, there's no reason that's not true. You know, like he still could have tipped them off. It's interesting. And like, could have given him a little wink when they came out of the house. Yeah, 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 he yeah. He came in as the police officer. Exactly, exactly. To me, that wakes. I'm in. Anyway, should we wrap it up? Should we get to a verdict? Yes. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. It's a rewatch. Oh, show. Yeah, I'd say so too. This is an obvious one. Uh, it's a rewatch, and it's a rewatch every year or so. I'd say. You know, it's a it's a bit like. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. This is just you just it just you have just to do it. You gotta throw of it the, on. The Christmas through tradition. DNA. Yeah. It is. And it's better than love actually. Oh we don't like love actually. We don't love love actually. Uh I started watching Home Alone 2 straight after it. Oh really? First two minutes. And I'll get back to that because I like that movie also. Yeah. Any recasties? Nah. Uh, the only one I had you was have one? only one for Joe Pesci. It was uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking annoying. You just want to see him get hit in the but head he, with a... He has, yeah, kind of. But he has all these, like, you know, motivational things he posts on Facebook. But he's <laughs> kind of got that tone. Uh, do I have uh, one? I'll just look one up. The problem is 98% of people are sitting on 50-50 their whole fucking life, which means they're 0-0. Zero, zero. So when you're 50-50, you get one day. And anything else is you're just fucking sitting and bullshitting. So fucking flip a coin to pick the one and never look back. Wanna get that kid? So it's Christmas time. It is Christmas time. You know what that means? It means there's time to watch more movies. Mm. So people take advantage of that. Get some good Christmas viewing in. If there's episodes of this show that you haven't listened to yet because you haven't seen the movie... Go watch the movie. Come back, listen to the podcast. It's the perfect way to do it. Yeah, or listen to us while you watch the movie. It syncs up perfectly every time. <laughs> yeah, like Dark Side of the Moon and and The Wizard of Oz. What? You know, if you watch The Wizard of Oz with no sound on and you play Dark Side of the Moon, apparently no. it all fits perfectly. <sighs> I think it's one of those weird coincidences, though. I don't think it's, like, um. intentional. But that's kind of cool. We were thinking of doing some um, audio commentary type of yeah. Content, weren't we? We were. We may do that. We're going to we have our strategy day. 
Yeah. You're going to have a strategy planning day 2020. 2020? It wasn't me. What do we want? It's our vision. <laughs> Get laser focused. On. Laser focused. And listen to Gary V. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Leave us a review, please. That would be nice. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, Double Impact Podcast. Uh, email us at doubleimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, do you have suggestions? And that's about it, I guess. Yeah. Tell your friends. Give us a listen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> or non- oh, oh, domi- oh. non-denominational holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Festivus for the rest of a us. Festivus. Yeah. But mostly Christmas because of ham. An airing of and grievances. Pawns. Pawns. Sparkling Shiraz. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't really do that. We're going to give it to our 30% a bit of an understanding of the uh, Keep the change, you filthy animal.